This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, your hosts, Drew Dawkin and Grant Collins, will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Hello, everybody. Today, it is October 14th, Wednesday. We are mid-market, so I'll just kind of briefly say the market is down a little over, or Dow Jones is down a little over 200 points, uh, 0.72%. Um, the S&P, NASDAQ, Russell, everything is down right now. Uh, Volatility is uh, hovering slightly around 3%. And we got bonds yielding at uh, 0.714%, so down very slightly as well. And we'll talk about this, but this is a lot of this has to do with uh, you know the lack of movement on the stimulus talks. Um, across the board, you know, it's we, it looks like tech and industrials are are down. Um, so, Grant, let's let's kind of get into the conversation about what the deadlock is. Uh, I mean, right now we have, you know, Steve Mnuchin, who's the Treasury Secretary, uh, over the weekend was urging Congress to allow businesses to access a second paycheck protection program um, from you know the 130 billion dollars in used funds, unused funds. Uh, in the meantime, um, he's not happy with Nancy Pelosi in terms of it being an all or nothing approach. The Democrats, um, the House and the Democrats, you know, they passed a $2.2 trillion bill in the House, um, and they, which of course isn't going to go through the Senate, and they think the $1.8 trillion proposal is wholly inadequate. Uh, it's been months since we've seen new relief funds. Uh, you know, with the coronavirus and the economy is starting to show some wear and tear uh, and people are once again, you know, feeling uh, feeling the effects of it. Exactly right. Well, it, we're just in a grid, gridlock because we're seeing Democrats want to do more, ha- pass a bill that has the $600 per week extra joblessness benefits that we had uh go through January that we had that are expiring right now. Also have another direct payment to most Americans and then a second round of the PPP loans. Uh, Where they don't see the GOP wants a more targeted approach with less funding for state and local governments. They're, They're still kind of far apart from each other right now. Another big one that I think we're starting to see the effects of is relief for airlines. So airlines, it seems like we're constantly hearing about more layoffs uh, in the future. And with air travel continued down, airlines really need some relief. President Trump said that he doesn't really want to sign one-offs or, or and then changed his mind and said he would want to sign one-offs. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, especially with the, the hearings of this new Supreme Court uh, justice happening this week if there really will be a focus on this stimulus package. Uh, Regardless, though, if there's not a stimulus package, I think you're absolutely right. We will see a slowdown moving forward uh, into uh, really no growth for the rest of the year and slowdown in 2021. And really, that's because we're seeing billions of dollars being siphoned out of the economy due to lower joblessness benefits. Also, this could be uh, the worst holiday season and since 2008, really, uh, in the in the deep of the financial crisis. And that's because uh, there, there may not be the same spending that we see during the holiday season. Um, so be on the lookout for a slowdown. 
Yeah, I mean, and even in the meantime, right, people are trying to pump municipalities with money until the broader stimulus bill goals are achieved. So Democrats have proposed, um, you know, $436 billion in aid for state and local governments uh, that, that could be forced to cut essential services. Steve Mnuchin's offered $300 billion. Um, President Trump, uh, you know, has seemed to sign off on this, but now he's um, upset at the Democrats because of how much money would be going to, uh, you know, blue states and cities and, and coastal c- cities. So now you got this whole geographic um, spat going um, as well. And it's this pandemic, you know, who's receiving and what and where and how much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, if if we don't figure this out, I think there's going to be a huge slowdown. Um, you know, there's projections that the economy could lose sixty billion dollars a month uh, just from the loss of unemployment benefits. Um, could be layoffs in many many industries. So yeah, um, it could certainly it could certainly be a downturn. There's no ifs, hands, or buts about that. Yeah. One more thing about that. We, we could see a, a bunch of failures of businesses that are barely hanging on right now uh, that are able to have, if we think about restaurants and bars, being able to have some type of outside seating area or socially distance. And then in the fall and winter where there's no longer those outdoor spaces, that could also uh, impact the foot traffic and the uh, pe- people visiting restaurants and bars and smaller retail shops. So if, if they don't receive further funding with maybe a PPP loan, second round, that could also there could be a run on, on the smaller businesses as well. Yeah, um, you know, as many as um, 38,000 of the nation's 57,000 hotels uh, could go out of business without further funding. As You know, as coronavirus spikes again. People may travel, be traveling less. Uh, the Fed has definitely made a number of statements um, regarding this, uh, as it you know, pretty much adheres to uh, Congress, you know, to help help them out in a in a fis- in the fiscal manner. Um, although they don't seem to be, I mean, some of the chatters like they don't want necessarily a doomsday scenario. They say it's a somber outlook, but the economy still is in better shape than we than we would have expected at this point of the game. Well, we saw Jerome Powell say exactly that, that now would be the wrong time to take their foot off the gas for policymakers. And it seems that they're doing just that. Um, we, we did see a, a sharp decline in uh, GDP, followed by a, a sharp rebound. Uh, and then uh, housing has been strong to this point. So there is some outlook, uh, good things happening. But as a whole, we still need to continue to, to prop up with fiscal and, and monetary policy. To, to change gears a little bit, um, one thing that we, we should talk about that that came out was that the U.S. trade deficit is the highest in the last 14, year, 14 years. We saw the Commerce Department report on Tuesday, uh, the last Tuesday, that the gap between goods and services that the U.S. sells uh, uh, versus buys climbed almost 6% uh, in August to $67.1 billion. Drew, what's your take on our trade deficit and why it's the highest in 14 years? So, I think that governments like China, um, obviously, they have significant pitfalls when we're talking about you know how individuals have the freedom to kind of forge their political um, future on the ballot box. But 
uh, one thing not having political parties and you know representative government does is that you can obviously ha- tackle crises very, very aggressively. I mean, we just talked about this. Our stimulus is a complete shit show, um, and that's because we have representative government and um, we have parties that hate each other. Uh, China doesn't have those issues. Um, they have, you know, CCP. They tackled this thing very, very aggressively in February when it's, you know, bleaching the streets and everything else. There was no, um, there's, you, there, you know, there couldn't be any uh, whining and gnashing of teeth in terms of mandates, <laughs> the mass mandates. There's just none of those things could happen. So, yeah, I mean, um, they're political, you know, living in a one party state um, with the authoritarian tendencies does allow you to operate a lot harder and more agilely uh, in these crises than than representative governments, uh, especially ones like ours, where. Uh, you know, polarization and and, st- and political policy paralysis is such that it's um, it's a barely effective chamber right now. You know, the legislative branch. So I think politics is everything um, in terms of why the Chinese have been able to manufacture, in terms of why they don't have the same supply line problems, in terms of why uh, even when we got consumer spending, um, you know, they're they're pushing stuff out of port. So so we're going to buy it. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. Well, we, it was record time. We saw that there was a strict lockdown in February in China, and then they got their factories up and running at a faster pace, more than uh, mostly anywhere in Europe or, or here in the United States. I think you're absolutely right. We're still seeing that we are operating at somewhat of a half capacity in some areas and, and maybe not even that. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And we just saw that Americans are buying more imported goods like they have uh, rather than uh people foreign demand for for u.s products so i think that 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 is a big driver is that as well yeah um i mean the gap has certainly certainly changed you mentioned it was the highest in 14 years um you know it's it's climbed 5.9 percent in august it was to 67.1 billion um and yeah i i mean We've talked a lot about China uh, over the last year or so, but, um, you know, this is a big, it's a big issue. And, and the, the Trump administration's outlined it, it's a big issue if we have a new government in, in uh, well, we'll find out in a few weeks, but we'll have a new government tentatively in a few months. And it would be a big issue, I think, for potential Biden administration as well. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you're you're also saying that roughly one out of six workers aren't going to get a raise in 2021, uh, which is, you know belt tightening is certainly going to hurt right now already in a current recession. Uh, when we're looking at the human resourcing uh, resource consultancy firm uh, Willis Towers and Watson, uh, you know about a third of the 100 or a third of the 705 companies that participated in the survey. Uh, you know, they mentioned they reduced the money budget for pay increases next year. So that is certainly going to be a drag on uh, consumer spending as well. I, I think it will, but I, I wonder if it will cause that big of a drag because I think the reason why they may be cutting the budget for increases is actually to retain more of their work workforce. So if that's the case, that may be good because we may see uh, less people become unemployed, which which would be good for the overall 
economy. One thing that I, uh, I'm very curious about is, is we have seen a lot of folks from the metropolitan cities, so San Francisco, New York, Chicago, LA, make the move to more remote uh, areas, Montana, Colorado, uh, places like that, because they're now working remote to get out of the cities. And I wonder where, when companies, if they have remote workers all over the country, uh, that they no longer have such a high cost of living and therefore we could even see uh, pay cuts because uh, you're no longer living in the most expensive cities in the country, New York, San Francisco, and and to see if they're actually uh, have pay cuts, not just uh, also a, a levelized no raises in 2021. So that's something to be on the lookout for as well. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I, I and in light of you know everything that's happened, we, we still have have seen consumer spending increases across the board. Um, you know, last Thursday the Commerce Department showed that the spending rose one percent in August after increasing one point five percent in July, um, which is uh, I think more than a lot of economists had had predicted. So uh, I mean, we also saw personal income drop at the same time um, due to a decrease in unemployment insurance benefits. So. Despite that, people were still spending more, which is good, uh, and and hopefully that continues as we as I mentioned earlier on the podcast today that we still need to see consumer spending uh, still increase, especially as we come into the uh, holiday season because that will be very beneficial for for a lot of places. And we have seen that we there was Amazon Prime Week this week, and and Walmart and Target also had their own variation of that. So be interesting to see if we continue to see consumer spending increase as we go into the holiday season. To, to change gears again, uh, one thing that we we should talk, it doesn't have a, a, as gloomy as an outlook as increased consumer spending, is the uh, cost of living adjustment for Social Security. Doesn't look like it, uh, doesn't look so great for the next year. Uh, a couple of reasons for that. Um, they estimated that, that the uh, average 12 months of inflation using the data from September 19 to 2020, dividing it by 12, that's the number that they're really looking at there. And um, they're concerned that this inflation in the third quarter compared to three quarters uh, has increased, but we haven't seen that cost of living increase that much. Drew, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, so this 1.3 estimate is, uh, it's not great because we got to consumer consu- consider what consumers spend on, right? Um, and ultimately, when you get to people who are getting Social Security, it's a lot of elderly people who are also on uh, Medicare. And we've seen two major expenses that seniors have to cope with now. We've got rising drug prices and Medicare Part B premiums. Um, Big Pharma's jacked up prices uh, more than 800 occasions this year. Um, GoodRx, which tracks the prices that you know we pay, says that the average cost of 42 major medicines have grown already up 3.3% this year. So healthcare inflation is rapidly outpacing uh, Social Security colas, which is going to, you know, it forces seniors into into poverty. So um, I I do think that is going to be a big issue. Um, I mean, when our seniors are losing ground to inflation, know when when especially when we're we're considering what what would they pay money on 
Right. I, it, the two big things I think are the premiums and the deductibles are going to be higher. Uh, and then on top of that, as you mentioned, their good RX is a company who does study on pharmaceutical prices. And they say that the average cost of 42 key medicines for seniors have already gone up 3.3% this year, which is <laughs> outpacing inflation and also just uh, pr- pretty steep there considering that's what's going on in the country. But if, if you're, if you're losing to inflation in 2020 and it's supposed to continue to increase uh, even more in 2021, they're, they're, could be a, a, a bad run there for for our seniors, which is why it's it's so important to think about retirement income and, and not having to rely totally on Social Security. Yeah, yeah. Social Security is only one part of the stool. Um, obviously, it used to be pensions were a much bigger part of that. Those have certainly declined in recent years. So when we're thinking of how most people have to adjust for uh, a lifetime in, in uh, retirement, it really has to look at, you know, Social Security, but then they have to supplement this with with their own private pension plan, plan whether that's, you know, they're, they're built up 401ks or annuities or, uh, you know, a bond laddering or what have you. All right. And I, I think that's, you know, um, it's kind of, the gist of it. Uh, do you think we overlooked anything, Grant? Anything to look at the next coming weeks? Well, I, we talked about it last week, and now that we're in uh, earnings season, we should maybe highlight a couple of these. We saw J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup uh, report drops in consumer lending, but absolutely fabulous trading results. So they they were both profitable. Uh, we saw BlackRock beat expectations uh, with nearly a hundred and thirty billion in net inflows. So uh, two good stories there. But one big thing is we saw Delta report that they lost more than $5 billion uh, on the last quarter and said things won't return to normal for at least two years. Uh, so again, as we mentioned, airlines are bleeding hard right now and it could really use um, that, that stimulus. We also uh, are going to see reporting today, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. So continue to see if there's that strong uh, tr- trading results, but lower consumer lending that we, we saw with JPM and, and City. Uh, so th- those are the two big ones or a couple of the big uh, first round of, of earnings seasons uh, that that I wanted to discuss. What about you, Drew? Yeah, earnings is going to be big. Um, kind of curious about Apple. I mean, you've seen they, I think they failed to market their iPhone 12 Pro effectively. Um, they've just kind of had a recent rough patch. Uh, be, you know, interesting to see how they they rebound. Uh, you know, they they just announced their latest class of iPhones on Tuesday, but you know, analysts mentioned that they they failed to really address the price points coming into it, and it's only really good for photographers. So, what does that mean for 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 Apple as a company? Uh, and then, you know, we reiterated this last week, but, um, you know, election seasons in full flux. We've talked a lot about the presidential election, but um, what's really going to affect the economy is, according to a lot of different banks, is whether or not there's a divided government or a uh, full sweep. So Democrats certainly have some ground to make up in the Senate. Um, they have to 
that four to have, you know, with the presidency or five without um, to get to 50 or 51 with 50 being the VP, um, VP vote voter, uh, you know, they get, they get them over the hump, but that's going to be a big thing because if it's a divided government on either side, there's going to be a lot more policy paralysis and the market's not going to like that as well. Um, but if Democrats sweep or Republicans um, maintain um, the markets might re- respond more favorably to that. Yeah, we did see a, a couple firms on Wall Street agree with that. So it seems like uh, now Wall Street's throwing the hat in for, for a Democrat side, especially because they're looking towards uh, more more stimulus that would prop up the economy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, with that, I think we're going to wrap today up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for liking and subscribing. And we're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked in any of the content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.